Hello guys and welcome to my very first episode of True Crimes and Tony Time. I'm so excited to finally be able to record this episode. I've been wanting to do it for a while and if you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which you should be at Tony Brienne, I have been doing this for about a month. You would know I've been doing this for a month and it has been kind of a hit on my channel. So I decided to move it to a separate platform since a lot of my videos are not catered to true crime. They're more so beauty related. And I am really interested in true crime. So I was like, you know what? I wanna separate the platforms, but I still wanna do true crime videos. So that's why we're here now. And I hope you guys really, really love this podcast. Uh, I think we're gonna stick with true crimes and Tony time, but if anything were to change, you guys would be the first to know. And there's just space and room for everything everything changed so this is my first episode so we'll know how everything's gonna go but I hope it's gonna go great and I'm very excited so without further ado let's get into one of the biggest unsolved murders in American history and that is the Black Dahlia. So like I said this is one of the biggest murder mysteries ever and I'm sure you guys have heard of it. I think it was even featured on American Horror Story and if it was featured on American Horror Story it's a pretty big deal. So on January 15th 1947 the remains of Elizabeth Short who was also known as the Black Dahlia was found by Betty Bersinger and she was on a morning stroll on the block of 3800 Norton Avenue in Los Angeles. The body was cut in half. It was pale drained of blood it was to the point that Betty Bersinger she thought that the body was a mannequin that's how pale and non-human life the body looked so we later found out that um, the Black Dahlia was cut with surgical precision which left no trauma to the internal organs or bones and her face had been cut from her mouth towards her ears to form a very eerie smile and Imagine walking in or you're on your morning stroll. My mom is on a morning stroll right now and you see a dead body with a smile like cut across on her face. Like that is like one of the most scary things I can't even imagine. I know I probably wouldn't be able to sleep for days. It's just a very, very eerie visual that you could possibly think of. Um, so they later discovered that there was no blood on the ground and that made it obvious that the body was moved and that she was in fact murdered obviously and um we don't know where she was murdered but it clearly was not on the block where she was found somebody moved her there so authorities were very stunned and it was definitely scary especially with like a beautiful woman like elizabeth short that wasn't common seeing beautiful women being murdered i know it sounds shallow but it was the time i mean we're still shallow today but it is what it is that's exactly what the thought process was and nine days after um elizabeth's body was discovered an envelope was received by the examiner and the letter was made using cut out letters clipped from movie ads and it read Los Angeles Examiner and other LA papers, here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow. And he did not lie. There were her belongings inside the letter and it consisted of Elizabeth's social security card, her birth certificate, snapshots, and an old address book with some missing pages. And gasoline was rubbed on the contents to receive, um, remove, excuse me, fingertips off of the letter which is really smart i think he just gave everybody a true crime um tip so we know to like put gas in our fingers to remove fingertips half the time like i feel like when they tell us these stories i mean i'm one of them telling stories about true crime i'm like they tell us every way to make sure we do not get caught especially when it comes to like unsolved crimes i mean we may be able to now because this was in the 1940s but 
still. I, I don't know. I feel like they'd be giving us little hints like, do you guys want us to get away with murder? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but there were many notes sent to the police and press after. There were a lot of people that we don't even know you know if they really were the murderer but there was a lot of people that i guess because it's such like a big crime in hollywood and it was such a big deal people were like sending out notes and claiming to be the black dahlia murderer so it kind of became turned into like a big frenzy so no one really knew the truth of who the murderer was if the murderer was really sending letters like we don't know if this was the murderer or was someone just playing games and wanting to you know do a little bit of uh catch that what is it called who done it yeah who done it crimes um so i know there was another letter that read turning in wednesday january 29th had my fun with police black dahlia avenger and that was another letter still weird we're like what do you mean you had fun with the police so it, it could be a game of cat and mouse of them just trying to you know get a rise out of the police make it seem like that they are the murderer they know who killed the black dahlia it's it's very weird, very creepy, and yeah, that's how that went about. So let's now get into Elizabeth's time before arriving in LA and then just arriving into LA. So before Elizabeth came into LA, um, she spent some time with a man named Robert Manley who drove her to LA and helped her check into the Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA. So many reports state that that hotel was the last place that Elizabeth was seen alive. Shockingly, guys this is crazy this hotel is claimed to be haunted it's reportedly haunted and many hotel guests have claimed to have seen elizabeth walking on the first floor in a black dress then suddenly disappearing into the wall like guys it's really creepy i, I don't know i these creepy hotels is kind of like the Salam story um she stayed at the um i can't think of the exact name of the hotel but she stayed at a hotel as well that was known to be haunted with hotel guests claiming to have seen Elizabeth walking on the first floor in a black dress then suddenly disappearing into a wall. And she's also reported to have been seen on the 10th and 11th floor of the hotel as well. So with this sighting of Elizabeth, people are thinking maybe she was murdered in the hotel room. Maybe she died in the hotel and then whoever was with her took her elsewhere. But that kind of goes against what others have stated. Others have reported that they saw Liz go into the Crown Grill Bar a little bit after um, Manly left her. And that club is now known, well, the bar is now known today as Club Galaxy. And people believe, like I said, that that is the last time that Elizabeth was truly seen alive. And now we're going to get into the suspects of this murder because we kind of know where Elizabeth was, why she was there. But what we don't know are who the suspects of this crime were. Although this crime is unsolved, there were indeed suspects. So we're gonna break it down to the top three suspects in this crime and whether they were um, taken off as a suspect or not. So the first suspect was Robert Manley. This was the man who dropped Elizabeth off to LA and dropped her off into her hotel room. Um, he was dismissed from these charges um, right away, first because he returned to San Diego before she was found dead, and he also passed a polygraph test that was given. However, in 1954, he was committed to a mental um, hospital due to having voices in his head. He said he was hearing voices in his head, but when he was given sodium pentothal, which was known as the truth serum at the time, he was immediately checked off as a suspect. And I personally don't believe that he had anything to do with it. I think that he may have just had some issues after Dahlia passed away or maybe these were just always rooted in him because, you know, mental health is always sometimes that just it, mental health comes about 
years later sometimes. Sometimes it affects people when they're children, sometimes it affects people when they're adults, when they go through trauma. So it is different and it varies. So I don't think him hearing voices in his head had anything to do with um, Elizabeth's murder. So the suspect number two was Joseph Dumas. Uh, he claimed to be blackout drunk with Elizabeth in San Francisco a couple days before he was discovered. He also confessed to her murder, but evidence later showed that he in fact had nothing to do with her murder because he was on his military base the day of her death. And that always goes back to me like when it comes to like police like kind of kind of force you to come up with um with you kind of admitting that you did something wrong because you know with when it comes to uh what is it when they take you into a room I'm trying to think oh interrogation room like I feel like police will keep egging you on and I heard that it's so traumatized because you'll be in an interrogation room for hours like up to like 12 even like to a full day like 12 24 hours you're in that room and you're being interrogated and you just want to leave that room so you'll probably say anything or they mess with your head so much and make you think that you did something you really didn't do so that's what I think I came when it came with this man um make sure I know his name Joseph Dumas but it it's it does I don't know I don't think he had anything to do with it obviously he didn't because he was on his military base so he was immediately written off as a suspect now as for suspect number three George Hodel and guys let me tell you about George Hodel we're gonna get into this it's a lot he um basically points straight to the Black Dahlia in Elizabeth Short and whether or not she was murdered so George Holdell, he had a house in LA where he apparently had a secret room where his children were not allowed to enter. Uh, George's son, Steve Hodel, who was five at the time of Elizabeth's murder, later became a police investigator for 17 years. And after he retired from the force, he became convinced that his father, in fact, was the one that killed the Black Dahlia, AKA Elizabeth Short. Um, here are some of the reasonings behind um, Steve believing George did it and basically just all the evidence that goes towards him committing this crime. So number one, George was highly intelligent. He studied surgery in medical school and he also ran LA's County's Veneral Disease Clinic, which could potentially mean he could have been responsible for the surgical disembowelment and mutilation of um, Elizabeth's body because the cuts, like I said, were so surgically um, cut well that there was no trauma to her body so you had to have been a surgeon or been experienced or tested out on other people or animals to be able to cut so precisely uh the second reason why people think that this could have been george is because he was not only being a busy doctor but he was also a very busy man if you know what i mean george had 11 children from five different women so it's like he had to have been like a little bachelor. Was he constantly around women? Could he have run into contact with the beautiful Elizabeth Short? Who knows? But that's another reason why people think that he may have something to do with this. Maybe Elizabeth got on his nerves, made him mad. We don't know. Number three, Steve, who's George's son, once again, he found pictures of a woman that appeared to be Elizabeth in his dad's photo album. However, when it was examined by a forensic artist, the artist was 85% certain it wasn't Liz in the photos. But, guys, but, 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 in 2014, a different expert used facial recognition technology, which resulted in a 90 to 95% match. Isn't that not insane? However, both of these results were considered inconclusive. Guys, so let me just go back to the fact that two different artists one said 85% chance that it was not, but then another, which was used with technology, uh, another 
uh, result was 90 to 95% facial recognition. Now, when I saw these photos, y'all unfortunately cannot see them. I don't know if I'm gonna do like a link so you guys could like follow along with me if I do like a video of me talking and showing pictures, I don't know yet, but we will see. If you guys see these pictures, they don't exactly look like her to me but I feel like there is a strong possibility that they could have been her. It was different angling, so I don't really know. And obviously pictures taken at that time, um, whenever they would take pictures, it would be very uh, rehearsed or um, staged photos. So we don't really know like what someone looks like off guard or not. So that's a pretty valid point. So we don't know. It is definitely interesting that there was two such completely different answers and such high percentages of whether it was or was not her. But that's going to lead me into the fourth point. Um, Steve believed George's handwriting was incredibly similar to the Dahlia murderer. Um, not the first one that had to do with the magazine cutouts, but the second letter that was sent of them basically of the murderer, quote unquote, basically saying that they're done playing with the police like it got boring, I guess. Um, but when reviewed by experts, the results were mixed once again, with opinions ranging from probable to inconclusive, which once again goes back to how extreme the differences are in this case when when it comes to people deciding whether or not um, this information or an information that was given could be true or not. The fifth reason why people believe that this was George, George was accused by his daughter for sexually assaulting her, but he was found not guilty. I don't necessarily think this is a, a valid point, mainly because especially during this time, sexual assault was not taken uh, as seriously because I'm sure if his daughter did go to court saying that she was sexually assaulted. It had to probably be in the uh, 50s or 60s, maybe 70s, and it wasn't taken as seriously. And I feel like a lot of people, if they had money and power, did get off. So I don't know about that. Who knows if she was telling the truth or not? I feel like she was. I always believed the victim before. I don't believe them. So yeah, that is a very valid point though, because it could have meant that Elizabeth was sexually assaulted because she was found nude when she was murdered. And the next point is number six, guys. Let me tell y'all, these other men had, the other two men, the other suspects had one or two points. We're on number six with George, okay? So at some point, police officers did suspect George was a murderer. So they placed hidden listening devices in his house and they got him on tape saying, in quote, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. He also said, this is the best payoff I've seen between law enforcement agencies. And I'd like to get a connection made in the DA's office. End quote. Guys, you guys cannot tell me that this man had absolutely nothing to do with the Black Dahlia unless he had some serious issues. Like, he's a weirdo. I, mm. This gets to point number seven. Lucky number seven, because we, we going into these. He got a lot of points. George's son, Steve, once again, we're going back to Steve, he also tracked down an LAPD case file that contained a female witness who in fact stated George and Elizabeth knew each other, which is a huge piece of evidence, which goes into point number eight. The LAPD at the time was notoriously corrupt, which can explain why the case was dropped, even though George was emerging as a very clear suspect and all physical evidence from this case has disappeared. Where's all the evidence? Like, guys, come on. George probably had something to do with this. Who knows? Um, some people believe that George was paid off, police, um, paid off by police, while others believe it was just police, you know, being police officers and being negligent as they have been for years, uh, especially when it comes to black lives, but also to other things as well, because I feel like a lot of police officers 
and police departments do not do their job and they don't help us feel safe or want to solve crimes because it feels like a lot of work. Who knows? That's besides the point. Um, so in 2012, Steve Hodel returned to his childhood home with a police dog that indicated the scent of human remains. Um, so he went back to his house where people believe that the Black Dahlia was murdered um, because he had a secret room. That's where the kids could not enter. His 11 children, five different women. Um, let's make that clear again. And he basically just went around because he was like, I don't know. This sounds weird. But the dog that he brought with him, in fact, did smell out human remains. Um, and soil samples were taken from the alley behind the former Hodel house and that came back with human remains as well. So this does not link um, George to the Steve Hodel murder. Uh, oh my God, Steve Hodel murder, I'm sorry. This does not link George to the Black Dahlia murders, but it does in fact state that there may have been a murder on their property, George may have murdered somebody, we don't know. And why this doesn't link the Black Dahlia to this um, home is because um, she was not um, she was not buried at all. So it wouldn't, the soil wouldn't have anything to do with her. Um, so Steve says that he would like to keep digging on this property, um, but since it is privately owned, he does not have permission to do so. And when Steve tried to get the police to follow up on this new evidence, they refused to do so as well. So that is where we are with this case. This case is almost 100 years old. It is about um, 70 something years old. It might be like almost 75 years old, which is insane. It's like 73 years old, I believe. Um, we still don't know what happened to her. I think we all have a good feeling who it is. I definitely agree with the statement that this was a paid off case. I feel like he got, that the police department got paid off, especially with it being so corrupt during this time. It just sounds like the perfect answer. Who knows? I don't know, but... That's my little theory. I think that George Hodel did that. Um, if you guys love these series, I'm gonna continue doing them. If you guys have any suggestions, please let me know if you guys review this or you guys can also let me know on my Instagram page at Tony Brian. It's spelled T-O-N-I-B-R-Y-A-N-N-E. That is the same as my YouTube channel, um, the same exact name. You guys could let me know in those comments down below as well. I would generally appreciate it because I have plenty of stories to tell but I would love y'all to give me some of your opinions on stories you guys want me to tell as well so this is Tony checking out I hope you guys enjoyed true crimes and Tony time and I will see you guys well you guys will hear from me all right in my next podcast see y'all soon Whew.